before the name of Jesus. Lord, you fill an atmosphere with your presence. You are here, Lord Jesus, and you have our attention. Lord, you have captivated us, and we come before the throne of grace boldly that we may obtain mercy and find grace when we need it. And Father, we lift up the country of Lebanon to you today, right now. And Lord, the unrest that is occurring there and in other places, but Lord, specifically for Lebanon right now, we pray for that country, Lord. We pray that your righteousness will rule and reign. Oh, we give you thanks and praise. The enemy will be silenced because he's already defeated. He's already been beaten in the name of Jesus. And Lord, the righteous will stand up and they will arise and shine in Lebanon. For the glory of the Lord has come. And we pray peace for that country in the name of Jesus. And Lord, for this country, the United States of America, Lord, the enemy is trying to make a stand. But Lord, we resist him steadfast in the faith, in the name of Jesus. And Father, we call upon you who hold the hearts of kings in your hands. We call upon you, Lord, to remove the unrighteous from positions of authority and influence and to make way for the righteous to take over in the name of Jesus. Those leaders who are for lawlessness and injustice, who don't want to protect basic rights, Father, remove them in the name of Jesus. And Lord, begin to work in this country. Call people to repentance in the name of Jesus. Call people to yourself, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus that the Holy Spirit blows through this country. Lord, and people come to Jesus. They come to the knowledge of the truth. They accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Lord, I give you thanks and praise that your Spirit will move. The righteous will proclaim the truth in the name of Jesus. Your gospel, the power of your gospel will go forth and touch men's hearts in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And Lord, in Palmyra at BCF, we lift up Jesus in this place. We lift you up, Lord, because you said if you be lifted up, you will draw all men to Father. We're lifting you up so the men and the women and the children can be drawn here in the name of Jesus. They can come and hear the word. They can come and be set free. They can come and be healed in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask you to protect the foundation upon which this country was founded. Lord, we ask you to restore respect and honor and reverence for this country and what it stands for and to silence the enemy in the name of Jesus. Let the voice of the righteous be louder than the unrighteous. Oh, we give you thanks and praise. 
communicate to us. So Lord, we just listen to you now. For I am not the God of disorder or confusion. For I am the Prince of Peace. I am the one who calms you in the storm. I am the one who makes the winds against you cease. I am the one who will bring you to your destination safely. I am the one who will go before you. For I've already made a way for you. I've already cleared the path and put your feet on solid ground. So walk. Walk in that path for righteousness. Walk in that path for peace. Walk in that path by faith. Hallelujah. Amen. Someone say praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. We serve a great and glorious God. You know, when you travel the world, you learn to become flexible. Because there's all kinds of different things that you can encounter. And, uh, you know, I just want to encourage you that when things don't work the way they should, that shouldn't stop you from doing what you need to do. Amen. And that's putting the Lord first in all things. Amen. So we want to invite you to make our confession of faith. We're still pro- proclaiming the protection of God. Amen. This is our, this is God's way of spiritually sanitizing the atmosphere. <laughs> Are we ready with our confession? Yeah. All right, let's make our confession. We make our dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. We remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty. We say of the Lord, He is our refuge and our fortress. He is our God, on Him we lean, rely, and in Him we confidently trust. He delivers us from the snare of the Father and from the deadly pestilence. He covers us with His pinions, and under His wings we trust and find refuge. His truth and faithfulness is our shield and buckler. We are not afraid of the terrors of the night, nor of the evil plots and slanders of the wicked. We are not afraid of the disease, destruction, or sudden death that stops in darkness. Trouble will not come near us. The Lord is our refuge, our dwelling place, and no evil will befall us. Nor any calamity come near our home, our church, or wherever we are. God's angels accompany, defend, and preserve us in all of our ways of obedience and service. We call upon God, and He will answer us. 
He will be with us in trouble. He will deliver us, and He will honor us. We are satisfied with long life. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance, to proclaim the uncompromising Word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's Word to go into all the world and preach the Gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Amen. Uh, I just want to give some instructions. I don't know if my mic's on. But uh, when we come to church, it's for corporate worship when we worship. You know, when you're at home and you sing and you worship God, that's your personal individual worship. So the microphones, the music, everything else is just a guide. It's just so you can hear it because God still hears us, whether it's mic'd or on mic'd. So we will keep singing, and your job is to keep connecting, and we're all in it together. Amen? Amen. So no matter where you go, it could be anywhere else, when you travel in the mission field, anywhere else, if everything starts shutting off, you still keep singing. Amen? Amen? We don't miss a beat because we're beating to sing to God. So I think Gabriel playing the drums still, even though it wasn't on it, he played it in case it came on, he wouldn't lose his rhythm. But even that beat, even that sound is still going to heaven. It's still part of the sounds that we're sending to heaven. Amen? Amen. So if this ever happens to you, if, you know, we'll figure out what's going on. Brand new system, God knows what's happening. But either way, we passed the test. Amen? Amen? Because we still kept singing and worshiping God. That's the whole point of why we're here. So if you ever go anywhere and you get all upset at the music and da da da, if there's a difference whether people just decide to be not caring of how they worship God, and there's a difference when you've done everything you can do and things still don't go right, there's a difference. We, we are here to worship God. Amen? Amen? So thank you for engaging. You guys did awesome. And this is how we do it here at BCM. <laughs> So it's a good day today. Amen. And there's been a couple times I've preached in the dark when the power went out, so it's <laughs> I just kind of go with the flow. We're going to um, receive a new member today, so I just want to say uh, some things about... with the Lord, and with the church family. full of stuff to say about being a member. And uh, if you're not a member, I encourage you to become a member. Amen? I've been a member of every church that I've been part of. And uh, I've been a member of this church for 18 years and going strong. (laughs) So, um, in Romans chapter 12... Verse 4, it says, As we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office or function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and everyone members one of another. Alright? So God's in the membership, isn't he? 
And 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're going to start uh, with verse 12. For as the body is one, and has many members. Do you know the body of Christ has many members? Yes. You know, we got family members in heaven, we got family members in earth, we got family members in China, Africa, the Middle East, South America. Amen? Amen. You name it. We got, it's a big family. Yes. But then God has smaller local families called the church. And all members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. Verse 13. For by one spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been made all to made, have been made, have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand. You ever hear your foot complaining because it's not the hand? It's kind of hard to walk with your hands all the time, isn't it? Thank God for the feet. I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? Are they many members, yet one body? Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19. Now therefore, you are no more strangers. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not strange anymore. (laughs) You're no more strangers or foreigners. But fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. You're part of a house. How'd you get to be part of this house? You got born into this house. You didn't get, and God, when you were born again, God brought you to a place where you could be taught the word, where you could exercise your gifts. Where you, you know, it's, fellowship is so important. It's a very, important aspect of Christianity. The Bible says that no man is an island to themselves. You were meant for someone else. And, and, then, and there is individual anointings, but there's also a corporate anointing. When we come together, there's power in that. Alright? So at this time, I would love uh, Nelson Nadine to bring up uh, Nelson's mom, Joan, if you want to come. And uh, this is what we do after they go through the very simple process. Then we receive them as members. And uh, so, Joan, we just want to say it is so great to be able to welcome you as a member of Victory Christian Fellowship. God brought you from where you were. He brought you here. 
Because he's not done with you yet. Amen. He's doing great things in you. And uh, we are so glad and delighted to welcome you as a member of Victory Christian Fellowship. Father, Father, we're so grateful and thankful for Miss Joan, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that she gets the privilege of living with her son and daughter-in-law. Lord, we just thank you for the work that you began in her. And you're faithful to complete it, Lord. And she's going to complete it strong and glorious. And Lord, you're going to feed her the word. She's going to grow strong in you. And we just thank you, Father, that because she's planted in the house of God, she will flourish like the palm tree. And we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Welcome. So ladies, you get your time to be charged up from 6 to 8 p.m. on Friday. It's a great time. And, uh, you know, I just want to say thank you to our sound team. And uh, they do a great job. Uh, And uh, if you're interested in helping out in that and you'd love to learn, you know, there's always an opportunity. Right? Because our sound team is always looking to expand. And uh, so, you know, if you want to feel led for something, I can give you a couple secrets. <laughs> you can feel led, you know. Because, you know, sometimes when uh, your church asks you of something, you say, well, I don't feel led. Well, here's some sinkers. You can just feel it all that you like. <laughs> just kidding. No, but, you know, why don't you ask, God brought you here not just to take up space, but to do something. Amen. Amen. It's important that you find your area to serve in. Help with children. Help with the sound. Help greet. You know, I want to say thank you to our groundskeepers. Man. They're, they're all the people who plant the flowers, water the flowers, cut the grass, you know, eat the weeds. <laughs> Y'all are doing a great job. Yeah. And uh, our place is looking good. And believe you me, in 18 years, there hasn't been one thing I haven't done. I've cut the grass, I've shoveled snow, I've done lots of things. And so we're just grateful to have a good team, you know, to be able to take care of those things. Amen? Amen. And uh, why don't you ask the Lord about where he would like you to serve? Because that's important, you know. (laughs) And uh, we're here to serve. Amen? Amen? All right, before I dismiss the kids... An elderly Chinese woman had two large pots, each hung on the ends of a pole, which she carried across her uh, neck. And one of the pots had a crack in it, while the other pot was perfect and always delivered a full portion of water. 
At the end of a long walk from the stream to the house, the cracked pot arrived only half full. For, two, for a full two years, this went on daily, with the woman uh, bringing home only one and a half pots of water. Of course, the perfect pot was proud of its accomplishments, but the poor cracked pot was ashamed of its own imperfection, and miserable that it could only do half of what it had been made to do. After two years, what it, what it perceived to be bitter failure, I spoke to the woman one day by the stream. I'm ashamed of myself because of this crack in my side causes water to leak out all the way back to your house. The old woman smiled. Did you notice that there were flowers on your side of the path and not on the other side? That's because I've always known about your flaw. So I planted flower seeds on your side of the path, and every day while we walk back, you water them. For two years, I've been able to pick these beautiful flowers to decorate the table without you being the way you are. This would have, uh, there would uh, not be this beauty to grace this house. Each of us have our own unique flaw, but it's the cracks and the flaws we each have that make our lives together so very interesting and rewarding. You've just got to take each person for what they are and look for the good in them. Amen? Amen. See, my flaws are doing something. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, kids. We have some awesome, incredible kids, awesome, incredible teachers. And we just want to cheer as our kids go out. Woo-woo! Glory to God! Amen and amen. Aren't you glad that you're here this morning? There's no other place I'd rather be other than heaven. Of course, you can't beat heaven. Amen. But uh, not my time to go yet. I'm going to live until I fulfill my days and finish my course with joy. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Devil can't take me out? Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. There we go. All right. uh, If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Matthew 23.23. And uh, this is just a little nugget before the main course. Matthew 23.23. And uh, Jesus is talking here. This is not such a good report for the Pharisees, this chapter. And uh, he really deals with them. But in verse 23, he says something very interesting. He's talking to the Pharisees and he says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin... And have omitted, omitted the weightier matters of the law, 
judgment, mercy, and faith. These all you have done, and not leave the other undone. Did Jesus say you shouldn't tithe? He said you should do that, and you should also do everything. Amen? And I just want to encourage you that when we tithe, you know, the Bible says the tithe is the Lord's. What's a tithe? It's a ten. And uh, if you were a sheep herder, and you were going to tithe, you would take every tenth sheep. You know, they walk through the thing, and you'd mark every tenth one that came in, right? And you would give that as the tithe to the Lord. When we tithe, we acknowledge God as our source. And with the tithe, we give Him access into our affairs by an act of faith. Amen? And you should tithe because God says so, because you love God. You should tithe because you have income. Amen? However money comes to you, whether it's earned, whether it's given, or whether it's a return on investment. You know, uh, money's going to come to Money comes to me. And whatever money comes to you, you mark God's tithe, because it's not ours. It's God's. So you mark the tenth, and you give that to God, and then he'll get involved. And so, Father, I just give you thanks and praise right now for every giver. And every gift that they give, Father, because they love you and they're in covenant with you. And Lord, I, I call them blessed, supernaturally protected, provided for, favored. Lord, you open doors of good opportunity and your blessing comes upon them and rubs them down and tackles them and gives them too much. In Jesus' name. Amen. You can give any time during the service into the seat planners there in the back. If you're watching online, you can go to the website and give that way. Amen. Hallelujah. Alright, are you guys ready? Yes. Say, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'd like for you to go to the book of 1 John, chapter 2. 1 John, chapter 2. How many know that you were destined to win? Amen. All of us here today, you've been chosen to be on God's winning team. And how we win, we win because we have an anointing within. So that's what I want to talk to you today. How to win with the anointing within. God put something in every one of you. He put his treasure, which is his which is Jesus. He put his treasure in us. He put his word in us. He put His Spirit in us. He put everything in us. He put His kingdom in us. He put His love in us. And He put everything we need in us to win. And I'm going to help you win today. Amen? So 1 John chapter 2 and... Uh, Let's uh, let's start with verse uh, 18. First John chapter 2 and verse 18, and we're going to read through uh, 27. Little children, you know God always has children, He never has adults. 
We are God's children. It is the last time or the last hour. And as you have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now there are many Antichrists. Anti-anointing. Anti-God power. Whereby we know that it is the last time. And they went out from us, but they were not of us. If they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest or known that they were not all of us. Verse 20, but you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. Say, I have an unction. Say, I have an unction to function. You have an unction. You have an anointing. 21, I have not written to you because you know not the truth, but because you know it. He is writing this to believers. An unbeliever does not have the anointing. That's what makes you distinct. If you put your faith in Jesus Christ, if you've accepted Him into your heart as your Lord, you have an anointing. It's in you. Amen? He says, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth, who is a liar but he that denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist. And it denies the Father and the Son. Whosoever denies the Son, the same has not the Father. But he that acknowledges the Son has the Father. How many know you've got to acknowledge the Son? Okay? Verse 24. Let that therefore abide in you, which you have heard from the beginning. If that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, you also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that He has promised us, even eternal life. <coughs> These things have I written unto you concerning, concerning them that seduce you. Verse 27, But the anointing, everybody say the anointing, <laughs> which you have received of Him You've received it of Him. Abides in you. And you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it has taught you, you shall abide in Him. See, I have an anointing. And the anointing in me makes me win. It causes you to win. It helps you to win. Alright? So, what is the anointing? Obviously, it's the Holy Spirit. Because when you get born again, you get the Holy Spirit. But when you get baptized, that which is on the inside gets stirred up and it, gets, it comes on you. And you get immersed in fire. Hallelujah. So, the anointing. You have the anointing of God. And he says that it is in us, okay? So the Holy Spirit, he is our personal mentor 
who God gave to us to help us. Did you know that you've got a mentor? Yes. The greatest teacher of the body of Christ is the Holy Spirit. Yes. And he's been given to us. The anointing is a person. Did you know that Jesus Christ, that's not his last name. Christ means anointed one. And Jesus said, the anointing of the Lord is upon me. And this is what the anointing does. I proclaim the gospel, the good news to the poor. I bind up wounds. I heal the sick. I raise the dead. That's what the anointing does. Because the anointing, when it's in you, it's like water on a stove that's turned on. Something begins to happen to it. You ever watch water boil? You put it on the stove and you turn on this. It doesn't look like anything's happening, but just wait a minute. And bubbles start to happen. Right? And they go. Then you know you've reached the boiling point. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is given to illuminate His Word, to open the Scriptures, and to place. The spiritual man in direct communication with the mind of God. That's what Charles Perman said. The anointing. He, the anointing is in every receptive believer. Leading and guiding them into the fullness of God's perfect will. In other words, every, everyone who's a believer in Jesus Christ has been equipped with an inner GPS. A God's positioning system. And he helps you follow the right path, get in the right place, so you meet the right people. And if we listen to the anointing, if we heed the anointing, see, we, we're living in a time when we've got to listen to the anointing more than what's happening out here. Because what's happening out here is not reliable information. But what's hap- what the anointing gives is always truth. It's the absolute truth. There is an absolute truth. Don't care what the world says, there is an absolute truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, not a truth, the truth. So, the anointing's job is to teach you. Now, he's not saying that you don't need teachers. Because God put teachers where? In the body of Christ. That's like saying you can get a degree without going to school. Really? I mean, if you never went to school, if you never went to class, online or in person, you know, I'm going to get a degree. No. If you haven't attended class, you're you're not going to graduate. So the anointing operates according to the function of faith. Faith in God activates the anointing. It uses the power of the anointing to bring about God's will to pass. Oh, the anointing. Where is it? He's in us. Say, the anointing is in me. See, the anointing is like someone who's an employee of yours. And you tell your employee to do a particular job, 
But in order for them to do the job, you've got to give them everything they need to do that job, right? You know? So the anointing is our supernatural equipment. It's the tools that we use. And see, God made it mobile so you can take it with you wherever you go. The minister T.B. Joshua said, Faith is a channel through which the anointing flows. Are you tuned into the faith channel? So, we want, to, we want our anointing to do its work and to finish well. And if we listen to it, you will. Whenever you listen to the anointing, you win. There was a time in my life before pre-field. <laughs> and in 1996, I had gone to Oklahoma to get ordained. And I had scheduled a flight from Chicago to Kansas City to rent a car because it was cheaper than flying directly into Tulsa at the time. My resources were limited at the time. And so, there was a big storm. And my flight got delayed 10 hours. I could have driven to where I needed to go from where I was. I got delayed in the airport for 10 hours. And uh, when I finally got to Kansas City, the rental place that I had already prearranged was closed. So I had to get another car. So I drove, it's about a four hour drive. So I was driving and I stopped at a, a truck stop there to, to sleep a little bit, then to drive. As I'm driving into Oklahoma, I'm driving this way. A state trooper is driving this way, and as I'm driving, he turns around. And the blueberries and cherries are in my rearview mirror. Needless to say, I got a ticket. And uh, but I made it to get ordained. Breaking the law together. You know, I was I didn't have much sleep, and anyway, um, well then. There was a, a, a girl there who was a friend of a friend, and um, I had met her, and she was from Venezuela. And uh, I thought, well, maybe this might be the one, but you better listen to the anointing. Amen? And thank God that I did listen to the anointing, and I got the one. Because... I almost didn't listen, but here's the thing. I took time to pray. I'm not going to tell There was a whole series of events. Well, let me just tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Fiona had purchased another car. And so she had two cars, and she didn't need two cars, so she needed someone to take her old car back to Pennsylvania from Tennessee. And uh, no one was available. But at the same time, I was making plans to go to Oklahoma and meet, meet this girl again. At the same time that she was going to be taking her car. And she couldn't find anybody. And she tried. I mean, she knew a lot of people. 
But God was sent. But see, I took time to fast and pray. Because if you're going to listen to the anointing, you've got to remove the distractions. And you've got to really zero in on what the voice on the inside is saying. Not what's happening out here. And that's what I did. So I felt like I needed to go with him. And the anointing is going, good job, good job. <laughs> so I got something good for you. You better listen to me. You know, the anointing will never lead you into anything bad. So, I told the, the girl in Oklahoma, said, I'm not coming. Of course, that went over like a lead balloon. And I, I told Fiona, okay, I'll go with you. Well, that, guess what? That's when we got together. <laughs> so, it, it was important. You've got to listen to the anointing. Why? Because you could make a decision that could affect the rest of your life. All you got to do is listen. When you're faced with a decision... You don't look out here and say, okay, God, what are you saying to me? Because the anointing is in you. Now, if you don't respect what the anointing says, he won't tell you anything. Right. If you don't care about, if you put circumstances and feelings and emotions and past experiences above the voice of the anointing, then he won't tell you anything. You've got to listen to what's in here. See, the anointing is the sacred appointment, the unction to function, his spirit that comes from him. God, it's God's, it was the same anointing that was on Jesus, it's the same anointing that's in us as believers. The same yoke-destroying, burden-removing power of God is in us. He's in to win. He never loses, by the way. He never makes a mistake. Now, we might make a mistake in translating what he said to to, to what we think he said. You know, you don't... If God gives you a word, you don't have to make it into a sentence. (laughs) Don't add to or take away from the word. Right? When the Holy Spirit... Well, anointing goes to anointing. He said, you don't need that any man teach you. Why? Anointing goes to anointing. How many know... Gasoline goes to engine. Water doesn't do so well. Right? I mean, you can't go to a water fountain and fill your tank and expect to drop. Now, unless you don't have any money, I've heard stories where God, where a minister ran out of money and he only had water, he poured the water in a tank and he prayed, God made it go. Listen, God can turn water into gasoline if he needs to. He can turn water into wine. But anointing goes to anointing. See, God anoints teachers, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. He anoints them so that the anointing can go to the believers. Anointing goes to anointing. You want to become intimately acquainted and very close to the anointing, who is a person. It is a he who God gave you. Do you think if God 
made such an investment into us that we ought to value that investment? Amen? By putting His anointing in you, the Lord inoculated you from the Antichrist. He's talking in the context of our verse. He said there, he's talking about Antichrist. Those are, the anointing inoculates you from Antichrist. Because the anointing is pro-Christ. Yeah. The anointing is for Christ. Yeah. Your best defense against deception and lies is the anointing. Because the anointing can read between the lines. The anointing can discern what's true and what's not. Even when we can't with our senses. You know, the, have you ever had that feeling where something's just like scratching on the inside? You hear something, you see something, it's just like, ah, something ain't right with that. Huh? You ever had that something ain't right feeling? That's the anointing trying to, it's going, hello, listen to me. Something's not right. You may not know what's not right, but something's not right. Listen to that. I heard a testimony of a minister who bought a new truck. And he looked over it three times, and everything was good, the price was good. And, uh, but something inside of him was just, it's not right. It's not right. Did you know that the, the anointing will protect you from loss? Yeah. <laughs> The anointing will teach you how to profit. The anointing will lead you to the best deal for you. And finally, he was looking behind the scenes. He would have never thought to look there. And apparently there was a flaw and there was a leak in there and rust had formed in that back there. And if he had purchased that, it would have been a bad thing. But he listened to the anointing. And a couple of weeks later, a better truck, at a better price, came his way. Yeah. Amen? you got to have faith in the anointing. Yep. Yes. John G. Lake said this, Fear of the devil is nonsense. Fear of demons is foolish. The Spirit of God anointing the Christian heart makes the soul impregnable to the powers of darkness. Yes. Say it's foolish to fear the devil. The anointing lives and abides in you. It's living. It's active. It's full of life. Because it's a person. It's the Spirit of God. Jesus, the Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Holy Spirit. Anointing. It's your unction to function. The touch, you can, you can call the anointing the touch of the Holy Spirit and He never leaves you. Did you know that God's touch will stay with you? It will impact your life. One touch from the Master's hand. I was touched when I was 12. I got touched with new life. And that new life has been my focus, my, uh, it's been everything. Amen? That touch, when he touches you, his touch will never leave you. It's not a one touch and done. What, when he touches you, it affects you. It, it goes with you. It stays with you. 
Receive his touch, live in his touch, and thrive with his touch. How many have been touched by the anointing of God? Glory to God. The anointing will change you. There's no match for what is embedded within you. Woo! Do you remember? During the Iraq war, reporters were embedded with soldiers. They had on all the gear, but they were reporters. And they were giving a first-hand account of what was happening on the battlefield. The Holy Spirit has been embedded in us. He's in us. Never to leave us, nor forsake us. Glory to God. The anointing is deeply embedded within you. Go to John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17. Why are we talking about the anointing? Because it's the way to win. It'll cause you to win when you're young. It'll cause you to win when you're older. Amen. It'll cause you to win to the end. How many want to win to the end? And follow the anointing. The anointing whooped the devil. Yeah. John 14, verses 16 and 17. Jesus is talking here, I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. That phrase, another comforter, means one just like me. The Holy Spirit is divine. He is God's spirit. He is the spirit of truth. I'm going to give you another comforter. One like me in nature. One like me in power. One like me in scope. He is just like me. Woo! So Jesus prayed the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. God answers every one of Jesus' prayers, just like he answers every one of your prayers, when you pray according to the word. That he may what? Abide with you how long? Forever. Abide means to hang out, to dwell in, to live in. You wake up with the anointing, you go to sleep with the anointing. You eat lunch with the anointing. You wash the dishes with the anointing. You walk your dog with the anointing. Why? It's in you. Verse 17. Even the Spirit of Truth, whom... The world cannot receive. The world is not anointed. Only people in the body of Christ are anointed. We're all God's children. No, we're not. Jesus told a group of people, he said, you are of your father, the devil. That means that we're not all God's children. The only way that you're God's child is you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you're following him. The world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you and shall be in you. He's in you. 1 Corinthians one i I'm just going to read it. It says, it is God who establishes both us and you in Christ. That's the anointing. He anointed us. Say, I'm anointed. I'm anointed. Ooh, you've been smeared. With the goodness of God. Amen. And it's all over. See, what happens is when the anointing in you gets on you, whoo, then there's, then God gets to demonstrate his power. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 
1 Corinthians chapter 2. You know, you've got to establish every truth with the Bible. I'm not telling you my opinion. I'm telling you what the Word says. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. Now. Everybody say now. now. Not tomorrow. Not next week. Now. Right now. We have received. Not going up. We already have. When did you receive? When you received Jesus, you got the whole package. We have received not the spirit of the world. Did you know that there's a spirit of the world? That we might, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us by God. Oh my goodness. Is there a benefit that you don't know about? The anointing knows. The anointing is God's human resource manager. <laughs> he knows all the benefits that the Father has given to you. Amen? And, and if there's a benefit that you don't know, He can show you what it is. He can tell you what's missing. He can tell you how to get it. He can tell you how to function in it. He can tell you how to operate in it. Why? He's the anointing. Yeah. We didn't have it. We didn't give. We, we weren't given the spirit of the world, but the spirit of God that we might know. Why is it? Why? Well, it, it, that we might know. You've got to inquire. What happens when you see God? You find Him. See, people who don't know haven't sought, because God rewards the diligently seeker, the diligent seeker. Amen. Woo, this is good. God put His Spirit in you, not for a flash in the pan, but for a long-term investment. God invested you for the long haul. He's, he's, he's better than Maxwell House. He's good to the last drop. Hallelujah. God's Holy Spirit in you is a carrier of truth, righteousness, holiness, God's will, love, joy, peace, and all the rest of the fruits. So, if you want to do something unrighteous, the anointing will not cooperate with you. Another voice leads people to do what is not righteous. You're listening to another voice if you're doing something. What's, un- what's unrighteous? Anything that doesn't please God. If you're hearing a voice that says, complain, 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 you're not listening to God because God hates complaining. Right. Another voice is influencing you to do that. Right. Did you know the anointing never complains? Right. He puts up with all of our stuff mm-hmm. and he doesn't complain. Now, he might correct us. Amen? He might instruct us in a better way. But the, the anointing is a carrier of truth, righteousness, holiness, all the fruit. The fruit of the, fruit of the Spirit, fruit of the anointing. Love, joy, peace, that's fruit of the anointing. That's, that's results of the anointing operating in you. The anointing of Christ abides with you as a permanent gift. It's the gift that keeps on giving. One size fits all. The anointing you, 
Um, <laughs> the anointing teaches you and helps you so that you're not deceived. There's a lot of things out there that are deceptive. For example, when something propagates one group against another group, that's deceptive. Jesus didn't die for a part of the world. He died for the whole world. Doesn't matter what color you are, what gender you are, what uh, uh, nationality you are. God so loved the world. From Africa to Asia. All the continents. Amen? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Besides, if you were to do a blood trace, all of our blood comes from Adam. Do you realize the color of your skin does not dictate the color of your blood? If a black man and a white man both cut their hand, guess what? Blood's both red. Who's the propagator of racism? The devil. He wants to divide. But a house divided against itself will not stand. You have in yourself the living, engrafted word enabling you to do everything you need to do. You have within you the living, engrafted word. Did you know that there's no one who knows more about the Bible than the anointing? If you come across something in the Bible that you don't understand, ask the anointing. He'll help you understand it. Why? He's the best teacher ever. Yeah. He, his job is to bring you into all truth. <clears throat> we have to become more God-inside-minded, and we have to become more of His presence that is within us. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 12. Isaiah chapter 12. Is this helping you this morning? It's helping me. I'm having a good time. Why? I'm flowing in the anointing. Did you know that all rivers are the same in one respect? They all have a direction. They all have a flow. Now whether the river is deep or shallow whether it's a waterfall, whether it's winding, whether it's fast moving or swift moving, it always has a direction. So the anointing is like a river. See, you get in the boat, which is in the name of Jesus, and he'll take you into the anointing, and you just go with the flow. You've got to be able to flow in the anointing. Yeah. You know, uh, I think it was last year... We went to Illinois, and the place that we stayed at had an indoor water park. What? And it had a lazy river. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, people like me, we don't like the sun too much, no. <laughs> and that lazy river, it was slow moving, but it had a direction. And you could get in the inner tube which is Jesus, and you just let the flow. Go with the flow. See, we, you've got to be able to flow with the anointing. Yeah. That means in order to flow with the anointing, you've got to be able to hear the anointing's voice. The anointing's got a voice. Yeah. 
You may not know which direction you need to go, but the anointing knows, so you've got to just know how to flow with the anointing. You know, because a river can change, it can change a course real quick. It can go from shallow to rapids real quick. Amen? You know, we, we, it's just like a church service. Sometimes it's slow, sometimes it's deep. Sometimes it's fast and rapid. Sometimes it's a waterfall. <laughs> how do you know which one to go to? The anointing. Yes. You've got to become acquainted with the anointing. How do you become acquainted with the anointing? You become acquainted with the Word. Because yes. the Word is anointed. Because the anointing wrote the Word. Holy men of old were inspired by the anointing or the Holy Spirit and wrote what God wanted them to write. Isaiah 12, <clears throat> verses 2 and 3. Actually, just verse 3. Well, no. Verse 2. <laughs> Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. Say, I will trust and not be afraid. Do you believe that? So, who's, who has to trust them? We have to trust. You have to trust God that is greater than anything that's happening in the world. And not be afraid, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. Did you know the anointing sings? The anointing has strength. He also is become my salvation. When he becomes your salvation, you first meet. You get born again. But after being born again, how many know? You can't stay a spiritual baby your whole life. God, God expects you to what? Grow. Look, I got two boys. I don't want to change. I don't want to be changing diapers when they're eight. I wanted them to grow. Right? Okay, listen, verse three. Therefore, but say that you gotta see what it's there for. With joy shall you draw water from the wells of salvation. A well is something inside. You've got a well of salvation on the inside of you, and the anointing is the bucket. And you can continually make withdrawals from that well with joy. Hallelujah. And the more buckets of water you flow, you get the river going. Pretty soon you'll have a river. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Why did he say rivers? Because still water doesn't generate power. Moving water. Hydroelectric dam. It's got to move through to, to turn the turbines. Right? Go to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Hallelujah. This is helping us as a church, as an individual believer. Did you know if your family's out of line, you can get them in line for the anointing? What can you do with the anointing? You can have a come to Jesus party. <laughs> Say, folks, what you've been doing is wrong. We're coming to Jesus. I've had many come to Jesus parties. Colossians 1, 26 and 27. Even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, 
but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known that what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ, where? In you, the hope, Christ is the anointing. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Woo! When you know that Christ is in you, there's a hope of glory. Glory is God's manifested presence. Hallelujah. It's in you. Go to Luke 17. Luke 17. Whoo! Glory to God. Then I'm going to tell you how to flow with the anointing. Because talking about the anointing and not knowing how to flow with it, it's like trying to let, write, a, write a letter and not knowing how to type. I mean, you can still write, but you know, you have to type it. Luke 17, verse 21. Mm-mm-mm. Neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is where? Who, the kingdom of God has a king who's anointed, and the kingdom is in you. God put his kingdom in you. Why? He made you a king and a priest. Amen? We, we need to start operating as kings. We're not paupers, we're kings. We're not beggars, we're kings. David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor God's seed begging for bread. Why? We have a provider. Amen? A glorious father. It's in us. Say the kingdom of God. So God put himself in us. He put his anointing in us. His power is in us. His kingdom's in us. His spirit is in us. His victory's in us. His success is in us. His strength is in us. And his love is in us. Say, it's in me. I remember the advertisements of Prego spaghetti sauce. (laughs) And they would always ask the question, does it have garlic? It's in there. Does it have onion? It's in there. Does it have basil? It's in there. Does it have Italian seed? It's in there. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, it's in there. God put within you all the ingredients that you need for success, for power, for progress, for doing His will, for achieving your destiny. It's in there. He put it in there. So because He put it in there, let's not waste it. Let's activate it. Let's listen to it. Let's learn how to flow with it, which is what we're going to do. Romans 8, verse 9. We're getting to the climax. We're getting to the peak of the mountain. Glory to God. Romans chapter 8, verses 9 to 11. Mm-mm-mm. Romans 8, 9. If you're in the flesh, you can't please God. But you, say me, me. say I'm not in the flesh. Not. What does it mean to not be in the flesh? You're not letting your flesh dictate your life. to hit the snooze button? Your flesh or your spirit? Flesh. Who doesn't want to do the dishes? Your flesh. Not your spirit. Your spirit is all is born again. Your spirit has the nature of God in it. Your spirit is always ready, willing, and able to do what God says. It's ready to go. But your flesh is like, I don't think so. Your flesh disagrees with your spirit. 
Now, the person living in your flesh body, that is the real you. You are a spirit. You are, your spirit has been born again. That's the, that's the place where God deposited his incorruptible seed is in your spirit. You're born again. You're a new man on the inside, new woman. But you still live in an old house. You live in a house that hasn't been renovated or renewed by the glory of God. You still live in a house that's got to be subdued. Paul said, I keep my body under and bring it into subjection. Who was the one who kept his body under? He did. The real man on the inside. The hidden man of the heart. He had to tell his body, body, you are going to do what you need to do. Do you think an Olympian's body ever disagrees with the training? (laughs) I guarantee you. But their desire and their drive is greater than the voice of their body. So they make their body do what it needs to do. Did you realize your body might put up resistance, but when you tell it what's got to do, it's got to do what you tell it to do? If you're about to say something bad, you can say Shut your mouth, body. And guess what? Your body wants to shut its mouth. You are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if. Everybody say if. There's a big if there. If so be that the spirit of God dwells in you. He's not in everybody. And even the people that he's in, a lot of people don't listen to him. Because guess what? Anything the Spirit of God tells you always agrees with the Word. He never disagrees with the Word. He always magnifies Jesus. He always tells us what the Father tells Him. The Spirit is in perfect harmony and agreement with the Word. So, the Spirit of God will never tell you to do anything that doesn't tell you to do it in the Word. So if you don't listen to His voice, you don't respect or value what He's saying. You don't respect or value. Listen, if you, if, if you don't respect the Spirit, you definitely don't respect the written Word. Right. Because they, they don't differentiate. There's, they don't differentiate. They speak the same thing. Well, the Spirit told me, it ain't in the Bible. <laughs> if it ain't in the Bible, the Spirit God didn't tell you. <laughs> okay. If the Spirit of God will live. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Whoa. Why? Because you got to, in order to get born again, it takes the Spirit. Right. You can't get born again without the Spirit. Right. Verse 10. And if Christ be in you, say amen if he's in you. Amen. amen. The body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit that raised Christ from the Jesus, raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, who you got the Spirit? You got resurrection Spirit in you. You got the Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead in you. He shall he shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwells in you. There's a quickening taking place. Yes. Excuse me, quickening makes to be made alive. God's doing a quick quickening. Say that fast ten times. (laughs) 
Hallelujah. So, how can we flow with the anointing? We have to be, be aware of God's presence. The Bible says, if you acknowledge me in all your ways, everybody say, all my ways. Amen. Well, you can go a lot of ways. Tomorrow, you're going to have decisions. You've got financial decisions. You've got time decisions. You've got relationship decisions. Right? There's a lot of ways. If you acknowledge God in all your ways, He will direct your path. The only way to be sure that you get on the right path, because there is a wrong path. The only way you can be sure is you're listening to the GPS. God's positioning system on the inside, which is the anointing, the Holy Spirit. So how do we how do we be aware of God's presence? We've got to recognize, acknowledge, and appreciate. You've got to recognize that there's He was in you is greater. You've got greatness on the inside of you. You've got to recognize. Say, God is in me. Therefore, you are equipped for every good work to do God's will. You are fully equipped. Say, I'm fully equipped. Even if you lack something, what does he say? If you lack wisdom, he'll give it to you. Ask of God. He'll give it to you. He'll give, he'll give you what you lack. Yeah. I don't know how to do it. I do. Just ask me. <laughs> you have a spiritual encyclopedia living on the inside of you. You have the one who created the world. He knows how the trees grew. I mean, my goodness. He showed... Uh, who, who was the guy? It was it George Washington Carver that came up with 100 uses of a peanut? Yeah. How did he do that? He asked the anointing. The anointing knows everything about the peanut. And when he asked the anointing, the anointing told him. The anointing showed him. And so he, he discovered these things. Yeah. you got to know how to access it. Yeah. And when I say it, it's really a him. I shouldn't be saying it's a him. The anointing is not it. It's not cousin it from the Adams family. (laughs) We have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. That's Romans 5.1. We have access by faith. How many are standing in the grace that God gave us? So how do we operate in the anointing? We distinguish his voice. You've got to become familiar. How do you how do you become familiar with someone's voice? Spend time with them. Yeah. Spend time with them. Read the word, pray. Read the word, pray. Worship. Read the word, pray, worship. However order you want to do it. Talk in tongues. Everybody who's been baptized in the Holy Ghost can speak in tongues. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Tongues is a direct communication with God. It's like Commissioner Gordon calling Batman. He had the red phone. He didn't even have to dial the number. He just had to pick it up and it ran Bruce Wayne's home. He had a direct connection with Batman. We have a direct connection with heaven. Hallelujah. So you've got to distinguish his voice. You've got to follow him. And you've got to be willing to flow with him. And sometimes it takes faith to step into the flow. God doesn't make you flow. Come on, we're going to make you flow. <laughs> How many like to dance? When you hear music, the music just continues. And you, you start to tap your feet, you start to 
See, I was never a much of a wallflower. I, I, I liked it. My grandfather, Grandpa Newell, man, he, 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 he would play in these, uh, he, he played the upright bass, big thing. And uh, he would go and play these different functions. And uh, But he loved to dance, man. Even when he couldn't walk that well, he was still dancing. <laughs> but see, what, what happens? There's, there's a rhythm that gets in you. Look, it doesn't even take, it doesn't, it's not even difficult to get in the flow. See, you've got to get the rhythm of God. Yeah. When, you, when you get the rhythm of God's heart, you get in the flow. And it just starts to move you. Yeah. And you but you just got to be willing to move. Yeah. So if you want to flow, you've got to step out in faith. Did you know that God did not move their mouths when they were all filled with the Holy Spirit? The Bible says they spoke as they were filled. You're not a puppet. God doesn't have to go. (laughs) He's not a ventriloquist. He moves your mouth and he does the talking? No. You open up your mouth. You yield to God. You've got to distinguish who you've got to follow him. Who are you following? Who are you listening to? Who are you listening to will determine what you believe. What you believe determines what you will decide. What you decide happens in your life. Who are you listening to? Who are you following? Are you following the governor or are you following God? You might realize that sometimes God and the government disagree. (laughs) Besides, Jesus has been ordained to carry the government on his shoulders. The king of kings has greater wisdom than any other king on earth. We as a church, we've got to learn how to flow with the anointing. Well, if you don't know how to praise, it's really hard to flow. Why is it so hard for people to lift up their hands? Listen, I came out of a church. We can lift up our hands, except for... Stand up, kneel. Stand up, kneel. Then I got into a church. They were free, boy. Woo! This is different, but it's nice. You know, if you can't raise your hands, how are you going to do something else that God tells you to do? Right. You've got to start simple. Yeah. I don't want to raise my hand. It's a sacrifice of praise, honey. <laughs> <laughs> the fruit of my lips, it's a sacrifice. You may not want to do it, but do it anyway. Tell you, listen, your flesh will respond. Yeah. If you tell your hands, lift up, they will lift up. <laughs> so, here's four things that we need to be able to flow with the anointing. You've got to draw it out, you've got to walk it out, you've got to speak it out, and you've got to live it out. What do you mean draw it out? There's something on the inside. How do you get water out of that fountain? Do you stand there and say, I hope water comes out, I hope water comes out. No, you hit the button. (laughs) It's already equipped. It's already hooked up to the source. All you got to do is press the button. And once you press the button, water comes out from the inside. How do you press the button? Open your mouth. Take that step. You got to draw it out. 
You've got to draw on God. Draw near to God. Amen? You've got to draw it out. Then you've got to walk it out. Romans 8, 1, 1 to 4. Don't go there. But you've got to walk according to the Spirit. What does that mean to walk? To, the word walk means to live. How do you live every day? Running the race is long term. Walking is every day. Are you listening to the Spirit of God every day? He may change your plans that you have in a day. He may want you to do something that you've never done before in a day. How did this young man go from Illinois to Oklahoma? Because I listened. That's where he told me to go. And I went there. And yes, I had to take a step of faith. I had to leave my home for the first time. I had to be out of my own for the first time. I had no one else. I'll never forget the day my parents came to Oklahoma. They helped me get an apartment and didn't have much furniture. But I remember when they left. It was a Wednesday morning. And in my unfurnished apartment that I was living by myself, I laid on that floor and I wept and I wept and I wept. Because I'm like, you better learn how to operate by faith now. <laughs> Mommy and Daddy, I mean, they're a phone call away, but they're, they're, they're ten hours away. It was me and God. And I knew that God put me there. And yes, my emotions were a little crazy, but guess what? They soon got under control. That night I went to church, biggest church I've ever been in, thousands of people. And guess what? I met someone from my hometown who used to go to the church that I went to, and they were now living there, and they took me out to dinner that night. Wow. Amen? So when you step out into the anointing, you will get rewarded. But you've got to be able to step out. You've got to be able to overcome that fear. You've got to be able to overcome that reservation. And you've got to be able to yield to God and let Him do whatever He wants to do. Well, that can, what are people going to think? What am I going to think, says God? Right, if you're more concerned about what people think, then you're listening to the wrong voice. Right. Same is true with giving. Did you know the anointing might lead you to give because he knows that that's going to produce a harvest for you? You know, <laughs> when it comes to giving, God isn't concerned about the amount. He's concerned about the obedience. Right. Besides, if he's telling you to give it, he's preparing for, to give you more. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So we've got to walk it out. Walk in the Spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Live and walk in the Spirit. You've got to walk by faith, not by sight. You've got to walk it out. It's every day. You've got to practice listening to the anointing every day. Why? The anointing is in you. He's in you so that you can win. We win with the anointing within. You've got to practice. The only way you become better... Professional athletes still shoot free throws. They still hit ground balls. They still catch fly balls when they're not in the game. Why? They're continually developing and honing their skill. Even though they know how to do it, they're still honing their skill. And even if you're a believer, if you know how to go with God, you still got to hone your skill. 
of my skill. I'm not a writer. You think because I'm a pastor that I'm exempt from living by faith? Uh-uh. <laughs> i got to live by the same faith I preach. And if I don't live by what I preach, then my preaching is void. See, the Holy Ghost, he, didn't, he just didn't come in you to get born again. He also came in you to help you live. You got to live by him. Yeah. He he's he's the promoter of life. He wants you to live a life. It has nothing to do with age. And believe me, there'll be many opportunities to quit. It depends on all who you're listening to. Galatians 6 says, be not weary in well-doing. How many ever done something so good you get tired of it? Like, man, I'm tired of doing this good. Be not weary in well-doing, for you shall reap, if what? If you faint not. What causes you to faint? You're listening to the flesh, not the spirit. Because the spirit is strength. So how do we flow? We, we draw it out. We walk it out. We've got to speak it out. We've got to speak the word. Speak in tongues if you can speak in tongues. If you can't speak in tongues, speak the word. Jesus said, the words that I speak, they're spirit and they're life. Faith comes by hearing. When when you hear yourself speak the word, faith comes quicker. Speak the word. He told Timothy, speak the word. Preach the word. Be instant. In season and out of season. What does that mean? I'm available every season. Did you know the anointing never has an off season? Right. He's on all seasons. Speak to in season and out of season. It's not my season. Yes, it is. If it's not your season, he'll season you. He'll put a little bam on you. you got to draw it out. you got to walk it out. you got to speak it out. And you've got to live it out. The just shall live by faith. You've got to live by what God says, not by how you feel. You've got to live by what the Spirit of God says, not by what others say. Doesn't mean you shouldn't listen to others, but you've got to... What, what, whatever other tells you something, you've got to uh, filter it through the Word. Because they might be telling you something good, which is great. If it lines up with the word, great. But if it doesn't line up with the word, what others are telling you, you've got to reject it. Now, uh, let me give you an operating example of this. Real quick, just, it'll take, I'm going to give you the cliff note version. It's found in Genesis 41. Verses 33 to 39. Okay? You don't even have to turn there. Just write it down. Look it up later. Genesis 41, 33 to 